it's okay. <laughs> right, that's the one. Who predicted that by one? Matsuyama is Japan's first Masters champion. You're listening to BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Wednesday as we get set for the Masters and the return here of Tiger Woods. All those Tiger Woods pops. We got to talk some Tiger and the whole field here with our guest Jeff Feinberg from Mayo Media, Odds Checker, Bet Sports Golf, joining us right now on the Roman Guest Line. Jeff, welcome back to the show. Before we get to your plays, favorites, long shots, we got to get your thoughts on Tiger to start it off. It sounds like Tiger's in. It's um, it's going to be the biggest story of the weekend, especially if he gets through and, and makes the cut and plays halfway decent. W- what's your feeling on Tiger right now? Uh, what kind of Tiger do you think we're going to see in this tournament? It's like just a whirlwind of nostalgia, guys. I mean, Stone Cold at the mains on the weekend, <laughs> fighting, hitting guys. Tiger this week, if you know me well, like, what's next? Ladanian's going to bust off a 35-yard touchdown run for the Chargers? Take me back in time. I am just, you know, like everyone, I'm thrilled to see Tiger. I think it's great for all the other players, the oxygen that he takes out of the event. Anyone with even some concept of a storyline, I think it's great for. I think it's great for us as golf fans. Um, I think making the cut, though, would be a bigger accomplishment than it seems like a lot of my friends in the niche Twitter golf world uh, want to give it credit for. Like, everyone is just ho-humming like it's a for-sure thing. I don't. I'm honestly not there, uh, but it'll be great to see in a perfect world. The perfect scenario is Tiger makes the cut. He makes it like really close to the number. So we get full Tiger coverage Saturday morning. And then by the time the leaders are off, Tiger is done. So he doesn't have to consume that part of the coverage. So that's my dream scenario for the week, guys, because I'm not buying like a concept of winning. That's Kool-Aid, even top 10. I'm not drinking that Kool-Aid. Yeah, with you, man. And it, it's is it kind of like a situation that we saw at WrestleMania? Tiger can do no wrong. He could be horrendous tomorrow if he plays, and it's fine. Like, the stunner was terrible, and it was fine. Like, bring me back to the Attitude Era. I'm, I'm with you 100%. But are, are you willing to go against Tiger? Are you looking at some of these miss-the-cut props that now are... You don't have to lay much of a price. It's pretty close to even money because people are betting on him to make the cut uh, when the matchups are posted at every site. I saw some round one matchups like against, um, I believe, against Bryson. He's a plus 130 underdog for the first round. Haven't seen tournament matchups. Uh, I totally with you about winning the event, finishing top 10. But are are you willing to go against him? Yeah, I'm not really looking. Like, I'm not going out of my way to pick on Tiger. I don't really need to bet him to miss the cut. It's not something I care to be invested in or cheer for. But like you, Joe, if they want to match the head-to-heads, the full tournament matchups directly to the outright odds boards, I could have a plethora. If they even want to give me pickums against, like, a slew of Europeans that are north of 50-1 to from... Like, oh, like Hatton, Fleetwood, Lowry, like a bunch of guys. Like, I dare them. Sergio. The only head-to-head I've seen is you got to lay minus 170 versus, you know, Patrick Reed versus Tiger Woods. 
I'm not laying juice to pick on Tiger either. But if they do throw out some head-to-heads and I could, you know, Tiger can beat a couple of them, but I can win more than I lose and he still can make the cut, that's kind of maybe what I'm looking for. But I'm not laying 60, 70, 80 cents to pick on Tiger. I'm not interested in that part of it either. I'm curious your thoughts on some of the um to win outright uh, a couple that intrigue me are justin thomas um he's got phil mickelson's caddy now maybe that'll help him and then also cameron smith i know they say he doesn't have the distance but his iron play is really solid um out of the favorites who are you interested in betting so guys at the like absolute top i haven't touched i am surprised now that we are here that I'm almost seeing Thomas and Rom at identical numbers, that there is still not much love for Rom. And I do think the firm and fast greens could be everything that sort of would be the perfect fix for him. Justin Thomas, I'm seeing he's very popular and it makes perfect sense. The Masters is the second shot golf course. There's not one iron, uh, iron range from like 120, 100 to 125 to like 125, 150, every pertinent number he ranks, if not one, two, or certainly inside the top five in the world. So he is the guy that a lot of people are looking to. It does seem like he is peaking, uh, playing very well this year, certainly. So potentially peaking for the moment, but I am not there either. Uh, Cam Smith, again, I, one of the few players whose numbers have probably dropped in this event since Christmas would be Cam Smith, Scotty Scheffler. A lot of the numbers you could have bet. That's why they almost killed the future markets, in my opinion. Nothing really changed. Most numbers got better. I love Cam Smith. His master's track record is incredible. I would just, like, I would rather bet Justin Thomas and eat the two points than bet Cam Smith if I was playing the very top of the board right now. He's now, as great as I think he is, he's priced in like a stratosphere of super, super elites. And while I love Cam Smith, I'm not totally there. We're talking to Jeff Feinberg here on Jeff. How about some long shots here? Um, Adam Scott is one. I, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I think it's numbers 55 to one now. Probably was even better a couple days ago, but he's at 55 to one. Um, what's your thought on Scott and, and some long shots here in this, in this tournament? So I don't know if you're just teeing me up, but I really do love Adam Scott. Uh, I used to come into this week with a handful of futures. Now I, it's hard, as I kind of just mentioned. But Scott is a future I, I did make at doing some season preview content around Christmas. Uh, I only got an 80, but I like the 60s or 55s that are still out there. Uh, you know, t- 2013 champion, a consortium of top 10s here. It's a place that's kind to its champions. His around-the-green game, his putting game uh, has been very strong this year. So those are great indicators. Or, or, sorry, those are things for Adam Scott that you want to see in the right direction. Well, we know how great he can be, you know, just long and straight and, and the accuracy with the irons uh, comes in in great form. I almost love that he lost four straight holes to blow a three-shot lead with four to play versus Kevin Kisner in the match play. As someone with the Masters future, get him out of there. He looked great. Uh, you know, that's a, that was a great week, in my opinion, for Scott. Kisner wagon at the end of his match. Didn't have to play more. Like, perfect. So I think he sets up very well. Uh, I'm, I'm clearly very pro-Scott this week. Yeah, but wasn't Scott Andercurst? 
He is, yes, for people inside baseball in my Mayo Media world. Yes. He has been picked by a colleague of ours that just never gets anything right, and things end up going really bad. So, uh, I mean, sounds yeah, like me. Yeah. You should listen to Jeff Feinberg's podcast with Pat Mayo, then you'll understand what I'm talking about. Uh, DJ was also under curse for your reference, if you're considering Dustin Johnson uh, for the weekend. What what about some of these longer shots, Jeff, that have outstanding course history? I mean, I, I know there are, there are a lot of people that don't buy into it too much, but the numbers are the numbers. Uh, if, if you perform well at Augusta, chances are it happens on a yearly basis. And of course, those are usually among the top 20 golfers in the world. But when you go down the board, you know, maybe some guys that aren't in form right now. <sighs> Tony Finau uh, has got three top 10s. And if we we're omitting 2020 when they played in November, his last three t- times at the Masters in the top 10, he's 60 to one. Rose has three top 12s in the last five years. He's 80 to one. Do any of those longer shots entice you? Yeah, so, I mean, I would say Tony Finau could be flirting at the moment with the demarcation point of the Masters, you know, that sort of line that you assume Brooks Kepka draws in the field as to, like, no one past this point can win, and, and some could say Finau could be too far. But I actually do believe if you deep-dive Finau's stats, his last 24 rounds, he's statistically playing a lot better than the perception of of uh, of him, of his finishes, of his scoring. You know, golf's a really weird game like that. So I am a Finau truther, though I haven't been there with the outright bets this week. Most of my bets, it's the Masters. I'm kind of much shorter uh, up the card. But I do like I do like Finau, especially in all sorts of prop markets. I think there's money to be made on Finau. And you're not wrong. Guys like Justin Rose, Sergio Garcia, uh, there's some big numbers out there that, you know, I'm not really there for the outrights, but they all make very attractive uh, potential prop market, top 10, top 20, even some nice payouts on, on top 30 numbers. And remember, if you just trust a guy to make a cut, only 50 of them, high probability you could probably then end up hitting uh, some of those props. Missing the cut is uh, almost a chore here f- for certain players. I'm curious how you do bet the Masters. Um, you know, how many outrights do you typically have? And then what do you who do you like for top ten, top twenty, top thirty? Uh well, my favorite sort of guys that I am investing in in, in, in prop markets would be a player like uh, a Siwoo Kim, just as an example. Finished twelfth here last year. He broke his putter, was putting with a three wood, but he's got the iron game that has a ceiling to, uh, you know, if he gets into the mix that I, that I wouldn't mind, but I just trust his consistency. He's known for being like a boomer bust, you know, top five or miscut player. That's really a narrative that isn't warranted for him anymore. And certainly at, uh, at the moment, Robert McIntyre is another player I am targeting in, in top 10, top 20 markets, but from an outright perspective, uh, we don't get fooled here. No one outside of the top 30 in the world has won this thing. And the only recent one with that would have been a Schwartzel outlier. So I don't go far down the board one bit at all. Uh, I bet this thing probably like in the same way some people like I like this, the Masters more than I like the Super Bowl. In the same way people want to overextend themselves and just say it's the Super Bowl. 
I don't know, I could find myself overextending myself, but I haven't yet. I got to say I've been disciplined and in some ways I had like the betting yips this week. I it's hard <laughs> making those decisions at the top, but I have finally made them. So Jeff, t- take us through uh, for you as a better when it comes to the Masters. Is this something you you'll have everything locked in by tomorrow morning and just sit back and kind of watch it ride? Or, or were you jumping live? Because that's always an interesting angle, right? Like someone we're not expecting is in the top 20 after round one. Do you see it kind of coming and, and kind of percolating there? So will you make all your bets before they tee off tomorrow? Or would you jump in live at some point this weekend? Well, as you guys sort of know, in the content game, I don't, you know, I, I love doing it. And I will, I, I do make picks before the event. I'm, I'm, yeah, it's part of what I do. I make my pre-event picks. As for live wagering, I will just warn the just the person out there that I believe outside of Tiger Woods, no one has come out from, if they're not in the top 10 after the first round, Tiger Woods is like the only player in the last 15 years to have won the Masters. Hideki last year, Dustin Leaving uh, was in first the year before, all of it. I could even retweet the list. So, like, Thursday night, it's not a, I wouldn't recommend just, like, firing these bombs. It's not like we're in Florida anymore where, like, this wild-card golf ends up happening. Now, a lot of the guys that have won the Masters on the back nine on Sunday, they look dead to straights, like dead, and they ended up winning. So I'm not saying there won't be, like, an opportunity, but it is. it is was remarkable to see that if you don't start this tournament well, you could find yourself sort of historically taken out of any outright potential market. Jeff, any other golfers that uh, we have not talked about thus far? We could be talking outrights, matchups, top 20, whatever, group betting that you like, or maybe some that you've picked out that you plan on fading here at the Masters that people should consider. Well, I'm sort of known for, you know, taking that boomer bust wild card uh, approach and, and making the outright bets. So I'll just get on that wagon right now with you guys. I am not a Brooks Kepka stan. I am not a Brooks Kepka fanboy. I look for reasons to not bet guys like Brooks and Spieth and majors because I love so many of these players and I want to share the rub of these majors. I don't like seeing guys hoard them, but I cannot resist. Brooks Kepka this week. And it's not because he wants it more. He's like the tough guy who cares. It just looks like it's setting up perfectly for him. He's finished second here before. People forget he was not healthy last year. And this year, while there have been some boomer bust results, it's important to note, and this was the deciding factor to me, the courses he likes, the courses he's played well at before are the courses he's played his best at already this year. I'm contending Phoenix. He's won there twice. We saw him, in my opinion, statistically, have one of his absolute best weeks of the, of the year in horrible, in bad conditions. In Palm Beach at the Honda, finished 11th, couldn't make a putt. Match play, just this perfect setup for how Brooks, you know, likes to go about things. That mano a mano setup. He hadn't been healthy for match play in a couple years, makes a great run there. So I just bit the bullet. The 2022 20, to ones. If I mm-hmm. honestly, save a life and pick one winner and it's Brooks Kepka. And I am not a Brooks Kepka fan. A lot of the stuff he does annoys me because I think a lot of it is phony, but I cannot deny um, that part of it. 
Pittsburgh Mayo Media. He was in the Roman guest line. We'll finish our National League Division by Division preview next on the BetQL Network. These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily from BetQL.